Welcome to the podcast, Happy and Single. I'm your host, Joseph Anderson. You can find me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy. And today is episode 139, and it's entitled, Why Does Success Look So Easy to Some People? You know, oftentimes my little nieces and nephews will say, oh, that looks so easy. And for a while, it actually kind of annoyed me because, you know, I looked at some of those things they were talking about as easy as people had put in a lot of work and time. But it's interesting, though, because when we look at success, it really does look easy. Yeah, the person that's already spent years and years and years building their business is probably going to have an easier time. You know, Guns N' Roses guitarist Slash is probably going to have a much easier time with almost any song than somebody that hasn't put in 20 or 30 years. Experts make things look easy because they've spent so much time doing them. And there's a great quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson that says, that which we persist in doing becomes easier for us to do. Not that the nature of the thing is changed, but that our power to do is increased. So it's interesting as we watch anybody do almost anything that they've spent a lot of time doing, they're going to be better than us. So recently I was at this festival thing with my nieces and nephews and there was a person there that was using a potter's wheel and he was actually making legit pots. And one of the things that he said is how the most important thing about potting or being a potter or whatever it's called is is what he calls coning. So if you've ever seen a potter, they basically take all the clay and they put it up into like this little spire, spire. And then they'll kind of smash it back down into what they want it to be. And he said, that's where all the clay is molding together to essentially become one piece. I, I just thought that was kind of interesting But, you know, as you watch this guy, he makes it look effortless. You know, he's just working away at his little potter's wheel. And and if any of the other people watching that hadn't spent 20 or so years being a potter would have tried, it would have been a disaster. I think a lot of times we look at somebody's life or even the things that we desire to become, the things that we desire to be. And we say, there's no way that I could ever become that good. Well, if that other person could, why couldn't you? You you might be saying there there is something to be said for the gifts and the talents that we want to achieve. And I think part of it as well is they just made that thing the most important thing to them. You know, it's, it's like I'm in a writer's group and it's interesting that being in that writer's group, a lot of writers have actually gotten their books into the world and I still have not. And there's a part of me that that frustrates. But, you know, so often when we focus on so many different things at once, it's hard to do. There, there is something to be said about focusing on one thing and moving in that direction. So what is that thing that you look at somebody else's life and you're like, man, I wish I could do that, but they make it look so easy. And every time I try, it's hard. What is it that you would love to achieve in that area?
Why is it, guys, that we allow the perceived effort and discipline and intention and time that we think it's going to take to get somewhere? And, and we face all our crazy leprechaun thinking in our heads that just can sometimes be exhausting. Why do we do that? Why do we think so much about how big the project is going to be? Instead of saying, oh, well, let's get to work. If you guys have ever seen the movie Ghostbusters, you'll notice when at the, at the end of the one with the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, all that happens is he thinks of the thing that he's afraid of. And it turns into a giant marshmallow man. The more worry and energy and fear that you give to anything, the more it will grow. Why do we allow all of our demons to defeat us repeatedly, all the time? We spend so much time fighting all the battles in our heads that we have no energy to fight left on the field. The crazy leprechaun thinking in your head, it wants you to fight it. It wants you to get angry at it. It wants you to get frustrated. Because the crazy leprechaun thinking can go on forever. I mean, ask yourself, has yours ever stopped? Every one of those people that have achieved something great have had to fight through that as well. There's a book that I've mentioned many times on this podcast called The Artist's Way. And I just started going through the program again. One of the things she says in here is, as you're allowing yourself to rediscover your creativity, essentially allow yourself to go... I just looked it up and here's what she says. Creative recovery is like marathon training. We want to log 10 slow miles for every one fast mile. Allow yourself to stay in the game. You know, when I'm working with somebody as a private client, if they will just stay in the game and put in the hours, the results happen. But what if they keep changing the target? What if they keep changing the game? You lose all your momentum. You lose all your energy. If you're familiar with where the part of this name of the It's Possible guy is kind of going towards, you'll know that over on social media, I do what's called the It's Possible Challenge. Now, I haven't done it in quite some time. I've, I've been through, pretty much since January, I've been through a ton of different injuries. And I haven't played the guitar steadily since my accident. 
in January. And it's amazing how quick we forget, guys. We are not invincible, and we do not have infinite time left on this earth. We have a finite time. And, and especially when you have so many things that you think you have to do. It's a time to just pick one and move forward. And, and if it doesn't, after you've worked on it just a little bit, it doesn't feel like the right step to take. At least my experience, the next right step will come. So for example, if, if I start writing my book and, I'm, and I really need to be recording a podcast or whatever else I'm being guided to do, that will come. It's not, hey, Joseph, this is the wrong thing to be doing or, or are you doing the right thing? And, it will, and if it is like, Joseph, this isn't it, do this. It, it, it genuinely comes with a do this. You know, I don't have to pick up everything and say, okay, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? You just kind of develop a feel for it. But I, I find that so often we are just battling this crazy leprechaun thinking in our mind all the time. All the time, guys. Well, how did other people get through it? Have you guys ever driven in fog? What did you do? You had a general idea of where you were going. You weren't very comfortable with the fog. But you just kept moving forward. If you could just move forward, having your very clear targets, and moving forward, but you're also open to inspiration. And, and I really do believe the inspiration, especially when we're already working on something else, it's as if we're saying, hey, I'm moving confidently in the direction of my dreams, doing this thing. And then basically the spirit comes in and says, okay, like th that's great. You're working on this. I, I need you to go work on this right now. That really has been my experience. But I forget that, guys. We all forget. We all forget so incredibly quickly. So what's the purpose of today? Why are we having this conversation? I want you guys to be able to stay focused on one thing and work towards that thing. The thing that you love, the thing that you feel guided towards, the thing that, and there might not be, I mean, for, for nothing, there's a specific path. I mean, even in, you know, all kinds of things in the world, we think there has to be a specific path. But show me one person that's taken that path, and I'll show you another that hasn't. And if you think you're late in life, you know, the great actor Alan Rickman, I think he was in his late 30s 
when he decided to stop his career, I think it was as a graphic designer or something of that nature, and become an actor. What? Alan Rickman? You mean the guy that played Snape? The guy that played in countless movies that people grew to love? There will always be noise in your head. I, I happen to be watching a rerun of, uh, if you guys remember the good old days in, like the, in the 90s, there was TGIF, which was all the really cool shows were on Friday night. And one of those was Step by Step. And I happened to be watching an episode and, you know, there was, a, there was the kid Mark in the family that he really wanted to play on the dad and the daughter's baseball team. And they basically told, like, yes, the same one that's like essentially like a nerd on the show. And he really wanted to play on the baseball team. And so he, he got to play on the baseball team, but his dad wasn't going to put him in unless they were up by a lot. And when there was not the bottom of the ninth, even though, yes, I know little kids games don't go that long in the show, it was. And two outs, he walked over to his dad or his stepdad and said, Hey, this is, this is my last opportunity. Put me in. And the dad's heart soft and he really, really wants to win. It's a championship game. This isn't just any game. It's a championship game. And he really wants to win, but you know, his, his son really, really pleads that he can go. And so he gets up, but like his, you know, his dad is, who's also his coach agrees and he pulls out the, the other kid and puts in his own kid that hadn't played the entire game that couldn't, and the kid couldn't hit a, a ball to save his life when they had practiced before, you know, and as, and as Mark's up at bat or as he's going to bat, the entire crowd is booing him. Like this would be horrible if this ever happened at a real little kid's game. It would be bad, but he was like, he was getting totally booed and heckled all the time. So much so that he walks back to the bench and he's like, Hey, they don't want me. And his stepsister steps in and says, Hey, you're either going to go up and bat or I'm going to punch you in the face. That's really what she says. And so he goes up and bats and just. You know, the first two, they blow right by him and he's thinking of all these equations in his head that, you know, the perfect way to hit a baseball. And then everyone closes their eyes as that was the last strike, including him, including, including the uh, kid at bat. And then he swings and he actually hits it and somehow hits a home run. And he celebrates and is kind of carried off the field and super, super, super happy. But right before that third, that third strike had been thrown, he thought in his head something along the lines of, you know, I can do this or something like that. And he swung anyways. Everybody in that crowd was heckling him. Everybody except his mom. And the whole team was mad that he was at bat. They'd worked all season and he was going to lose it. 
Now, granted, I know this isn't generally how it works in real life, but just swing. All the other people did is they stopped worrying so much about all the heckling that was going on in their head. And the ultimate heckler is the crazy leprechaun thinking, is the adversary. And it's relentless and it's exhausting. Guys, if I'm being honest, this is one of the biggest battles I've faced in my life. Is facing that consistent thoughts of fear and worry and, and everything else. And, and, also, and also focused on always doing the right thing. Instead of just as D Henry David Thoreau put it, move forward confidently in the direction of your dreams. He didn't say sit there and listen to all the hecklers and everything else and not do what you want to do with your life. I think sometimes, like myself, I, I, I spend plenty of time thinking, oh, if only I would have started earlier. If only I would have gotten my stuff together earlier in life. Maybe you struggle with that too. Maybe you struggle with saying, well, if only I would have done things differently. If only I wouldn't have married that person that turned out to be a horrible person and got divorced. And now I'm a single mom working nine jobs while I'm raising my nine kids. None of that thinking, thinking helps. What does help? Saying, well, what do I want to go after? How can... What's, what's a single step that I can take to move confidently in the direction of my goals and dreams? So that one day something too can become easy to me. You have your gifts, you have your abilities, and you have a reason for your living on this earth. God has great things in store for you. But sometimes we listen so much to the voice of the crazy leprechaun thinking that we don't listen to the voice of the Spirit. And one of the things in this book, The Artist's Way, that Julia Cameron recommends is saying, hey, start writing down some of those thoughts. She calls them blurts that come to your mind that I, I would essentially refer to as the crazy leprechaun voice. Oh, like, I mean, I'll give you some of mine. Like, oh, Joseph, are you doing the right thing? Is this the right thing to be doing? If this, if this worked, it would have worked by now. Are you sure there's not something better you could be doing? Apparently, there's a lot of ones that focus on that last one. <laughs> Joseph, is this the right thing to help you get? It doesn't even say to help you yet. It's just, is this the right thing? You can take those doubts and you can turn them into real questions and you can ask Heavenly Father. Say, is this the right thing for me to be working on in this moment? I mean, I was working on some stuff. It happens to be a Saturday when I'm recording this. And I was working on some stuff and, you know, and, and I, I kind of got a bit distracted. And instead of just hopping to the next thing, I just kind of felt, hey, you know what? Let's go aside for 10 or so minutes and just get some sun. That, that does wonders for you, no matter what. If you ever 
just got side for five, ten minutes, just bask in the sunlight. And that was exactly what I needed in that moment. It allowed my mind to refresh and relax. So the simple answer to that question I asked at the very beginning is, why does something look easier? Because they've spent a lot of time and intention doing it. You have things that you've spent a lot of time and intention doing. You know, it, it's interesting, one of the thoughts that just came to me is, since most of us spend a lot of time worrying, we become better worriers. What if we stopped being worriers and became warriors? What does warrior mean? It means going out and fighting the battles. Fight the battle. Don't, don't go over the battle a billion times in your head and imagine all the ways you can die and be left on the battlefield to die. That's not faith. Now, I was thinking recently what faith really is. Faith is moving forward, expecting to get an awesome result. Most of us, we don't do that. We, 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 sometimes we even put the time in. Sometimes we put in our numbers. But it's not done with any zest. I can't believe I just used that word. But it's not done with any passion, any excitement, any enjoyment. We're just putting in the numbers. We're, putting, we're doing our time. Yes, if you call a zillion people on the phone... And if you give them some very rote, using a sales example now, you give them some very rote presentation, like, hey, I can help you with blah, blah, blah. Do you, wanna, do you want me to help you? you we'll probably find some. But what if you threw your whole heart and soul into what you want to do? I don't believe, like, I mean, even in the scriptures, it says, don't be lukewarm. Throw yourself in. Throw yourself into the game of life. But Joseph, what does that mean? I don't know what it means for you. If, if you want to be a singer, sing. If you want to play the guitar, play the guitar. If you want to act, act. If you want to insert whatever else here, do it. But Joseph, I don't know what I'm doing. Nobody does. I can pretty much give you a promise. You start spending hours a day on what it is you really want, throwing yourself into the game, you will be amazed at how far you come. So part of this is getting very clear on what you want. Like part of this is getting very clear and saying, man, I wish I could, I wish I could do that so much better. Oh, this, this is a funny example, but it's like, I was hanging out with my nieces and nephews and we happened to be playing the old Super Mario 3 or Super Mario 1 and like, you know, I can beat Super Mario 1 in probably, I don't know, if, if, I, if I hit all the levels right, like 10 or 15 minutes with warping. Now, it's not crazy good. Like the fastest guy in the world can do it in like super fast. And my, and my time might even be for like more than I don't, I don't care. That's not the point. Um... They asked me, Joseph, how in the world did you get so good at beating Bowser? <laughs> and I told them, well, I spent way too much time playing this before. <laughs> and if you want to see something crazy, look at some of the speed runs for Mario 1. 
I just looked it up for you. But if, if you want to spend five minutes watching something crazy, go look up the Super Mario World rec- record speed run. Somebody's beat Mario in four minutes and 54 seconds. Now, there's something, if you guys remember the old school games, there's something called frame rate, meaning how, how fast the frames are able to go across the screen. And there's people that have beat this nearly to perfection. Like there will come a time that they can't beat it anymore because the, the, the screen only moves so fast on the old games. And so, I mean, one person even here says that 454 is the perfect, absolute perfect speed run. Not a single glitch, not a single anything. I mean, ye- but do you know what, how long these people have had to practice to get there? One person that I heard talking about this, and I haven't heard this for a while, so it might have changed, but the guy that had the speed run some recently was like, he spent six months perfecting that one game. I don't know about you guys, but hey, he became an expert in Mario. I guess the real, I guess the real uh, topic of this conversation would be what are you becoming an expert in in your life? What do you want to be an expert in? Do you want to be an expert in worry? Do you want to be an expert in video games? Do you want to be an expert in sulking? What do you want to be an expert in? Because whatever you're spending your time and attention, I mean, maybe you want to be an expert at scrolling Facebook. I know that can be super, super addictive. And even Instagram. A lot of people are getting paid a lot of money on the other side of those that know what they're doing. And like anytime you're getting something for free, know that you are the product they're selling. They're selling all of your information and everything and just your eyes essentially to whoever's willing to pay. So just understand that. Like, what are you becoming an expert in? Is it what you want to be an expert in? Do you want to be an expert in worry? Do you want to be an expert in being broke? If not, start putting your time and attention into different questions. Why don't I have any money is a much different question than how can I create an amazing positive wealth in my life? How can I create friends around me that love to spend time with me? How can I become a, a master coach? How can I become A master guitarist. The answer is always time and attention. That's it, guys. The more time and intention you spend doing anything, the more of an expert you'll be in that thing. You just have to make sure you're spending your time and attention in the things that you really want. And if you're spending your time and attention worrying about why you can't have what you think you can have, You're just going rounds and rounds and rounds with the crazy leprechaun in your head. I know it sounds crazy, but when everybody else starts talking about it in the world too, of all those noises and voices in their head that tell them that they can't, then there's probably some truth to it. I mean, Julia Cameron talks about it pretty extensively in her book, The Artist's Way. She uses it a different way. But every one of you, if you would just spend the time and attention becoming an expert in the things that you desire to become an expert in, 
your life would be amazing. Many, many people out there are near experts at video gaming. Has it done any good for their life? I mean, maybe they're really enjoying it. Maybe it's just something to take a break from. But what if you really, really threw yourself into what you loved? What do you want? What do you want to create in your life? You know, things unfold. You guys will generally notice there's a theme to these podcasts. I generally ramble a little bit in the beginning and probably about, depending on the podcast, some of them start off with a bang, but plenty of times I don't, I don't realize why I'm talking until halfway or three quarters through. Maybe that's a perfect example of how it works. Okay, well, we're going to start exploring this thing that I've never really explored. All these podcasts are is an exploration. And if you guys are willing to go on the exploration with me, you get the journey, you get the gold at the end. That's kind of cool. And sometimes I even put pressure on myself to do these and to find the gold at the beginning. The gold is where it's at. And we're going to find it however fast we find it. We've got to stop worrying. We've got to stay, we've got to start taking time and attention for ourselves. Where is your time and attention? What are you working towards? If you had to bill for hours, how many hours could you bill on working towards the thing that you wanted this week? In any capacity. I think for quite a few people, it'd be a lot less than they thought. Could you imagine if you spent 40 to 80 hours a week on the things that you love to do, on creating the life that you love, what would be the impact in your life? But you know what we do, especially as single people, and I can only speak for myself, I think deep inside, I spend a lot of time sulking. Now, I don't, I don't show this outwardly, but there's like this underlying sulking belief of, well, if only I was married, then I'd be happy. But that's a lie. I am fairly happy. It's just the crazy leprechaun thinking gets so, so clever. It's like, oh man, it'd be wonderful to live in you know, Hawaii or um, you know, it, name any really, really cool town that you'd love to live in. Like, you know, when I've got a client that's in New York City. And I'm like, oh man, it'd be so cool to live in New York City. It's like, dude, if I lived in New York City, I would be broke. I would be broke, broke, broke. Like streets broke almost because life is so expensive to live there. We play so much and we get in these fights. So on my wall, I recently put, if you just look up Simpsons Leprechaun, I recently put this on my wall because it's something Julia Cameron suggests in her book. You know, put like your, I can't remember the words she used. It's like your saboteur or something like, it's not saboteur. If you, if you guys care, you can look it up. Um, I finally just gave in and looked it up for you. The word she uses is censor. And there's a really cool quote in here that I found really powerful. And it says, audacity, not talent, makes one person an artist and another a shadow artist, hiding in the shadows, afraid to step out and expose the dream to the light, fearful that it will disintegrate to the touch. 
That first part, audacity, not talent, makes one person an artist and another a shadow artist. There are people out there that have just really, really dove into what they wanted to do. I mean, there's musicians that have just dove in like crazy into becoming powerful musicians. And so guess what? They've gotten there a lot faster. When you throw your light yourself in with your heart and your soul and everything that you have, you do much better. Now, this scripture came to mind. It's in a book called Doctrine and Covenants, which is a, a section of scripture of, in, in my church. But in this particular part, section four, it says, Behold, a marvelous work is about to come forth among the children of men. I want you to think that a marvelous work is about to come forth in your life. So then it goes on and says, Therefore, O ye that embark in the service of God, see that ye serve him with all your heart, might, mind, and strength, that ye may stand blameless before God at the last day. Therefore, if ye have desires to serve God, ye are called to the work. So first of all, that scripture before, anything that you embark in doing that's going to help people is in the service of God. So whatever you do, throw yourself in with all your heart, might, mind, and strength so that you can literally stand before God, blame us at the last day and say, hey, I did my best. Now, guys, honestly, I'm not even close to being able to show up and say, hey, you know what? I, I did everything I could. No, I'm I'm more in that camp of I got super, super distracted by that crazy leprechaun thinking in the adversary, but I don't want to be there. So I'm, I'm going to work, I'm going to work more and more intentionally on focusing on the things that I've been called to do. But what have we been called to do? Well, in this next part, it says, therefore, if you have desires to serve God, you're called to the work. If you have a desire to serve in a certain capacity, you're called to be there. And there's, there's a quote in The Artist's Way that talks about how you know, God has actually placed in you your desires. He, wants, he, he knows what's going to make you happiest, and he knows where you can serve the world the best. Now it's up to you what you want to do with that. So then it goes on to say, For behold, the field is white already to harvest. The field is white? Yes, anything that you go do, it's ready. Anything that you just go jump and do, it's beyond ready. People are so waiting for you to go and serve them, to go and help them, to go and be a type of Savior to them. I'm not saying the Savior, but a type of Savior. Every one of us has had somebody that has been a type of a Savior in our lives that has literally saved us, literally saved us. I know as I think about that, I've got so many that come to my mind. Actually, there's just, there's just a handful, but there's, there's a, they, they come to my mind. People that I am so grateful for that changed my life so much. We're ready. And when we get over our fears, not when we get over our fears, like the, cre the, the loud droning of the, the crazy leprechaun thinking is always going to be there. We just have to stop giving any attention or as much attention as we can. So then it goes on this part for behold, the field is wide already to harvest and lo, he that thrusteth in his sickle, a sickle is like that thing that the grim reaper kind of holds when he's, when he's walking around that type of thing, you know, cause 
you know, this is uh, this was a revelation back in 1829, back when a lot of people were farmers. So God spoke to them in their language, the same way he probably speaks to you in your language. When you come up with a really, really cool metaphor, that's just God speaking to you in your language. That's all it is. Pretty cool, huh? So he goes on to say that thrusting the sickle with his might, with his might, use a little force, use some strength. The same layeth up in store that he perisheth not, but bringeth salvation to his soul. When we thrust in what we're doing, when we really throw ourselves into it, we, we help and we save people. And faith, hope, charity, and love with an eye single to the glory of God qualify him for the work. So when we have faith, when we have hope, charity, and love with an eye single to the glory of God, what does that mean? It means that I don't take glory for what I do. Why is that? When Chris Pratt did a great job of this at his, at one of his, uh, award ceremonies. He gave the praise to God. Why, why don't I take the praise? Why, why can't I come in here and say, like if somebody walks up and say, Joseph, that was an amazing podcast. Because it doesn't come from me, especially mine. They're stream of conscious podcast. It, it, it's unfolded to me in the moment from Heavenly Father as I share it. I know it doesn't come from me. I know that I don't necessarily connect with all the people around me that desire to work with me. It's Heavenly Father that's like, hey, you should work with that guy. He can really, really help you. He's the one that does it all. And the same way he does with me, he's like, hey, that person can really, really help you. Goes on to say, remember faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, brotherly kindness, godliness, charity, humility, and diligence. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Amen. But what I find interesting about those two verses is faith is in there twice. Charity is in there twice. Huh. God might be trying to tell us something. Faith and charity are probably the most important things we can have because faith, again, as I shared before, is acting with an expectation that things will work out. That things will work out. And trusting God. And asking you shall receive, knocking it shall be open. What's that saying? Hey, if you need help, I'm right here. I'm waiting to help you. I will. And it said it twice. It says, ask and receive, knock, and it shall be opened. Well, another way to, cool way to look at that is ask and we'll get answers. Knock and the door is going to be open to you. So what is it that you want to become an expert in in your life? Where do you want to start spending your time and attention? If you're willing to, I would invite you to start measuring each day and each week. How much time and attention did you put into the things that you really, really want to create? And if you want to take on another challenge, I mean, even just for an experiment for a week, you're not committing to anything for life. It's just an experiment. You could also experiment and see how much time you're spending wasting, wasting this beautiful gift of life. And there is no judgment, guys. I, I, I fight so many of these same battles all the time, you wouldn't even begin to imagine. 
because God has a work for all of us to do. And the adversary doesn't want us to do it. And so we have all this habitual thought and this crazy leprechaun thinking. But what is it that you desire to become an expert in? What do you want to look so easy to you that somebody's like, wow, how did you get so good? I mean, it's like I was watching the home run, home run derby. And some of those guys barely took their bat off their shoulder. But they've done it so long and they have all the perfect technique. It works. Like one time, if you're familiar with hockey, I was asking a guy that could really hit a slap shot. I mean, he could hit it really hard how he did it. He basically just said time and practice and a one-piece stick. <laughs> if you're a hockey player, you'll get that. Um, guys, I want to invite you, whatever you have felt called to do this day, go do it. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but that way, if you ever want to get back here again, it's right there for you in your subscriptions. And if you haven't already joined us, one of the really cool things that I do that's free for anyone that would like to participate is each Monday morning at 10 a.m. Arizona time, I host a group coaching call for Happy and Single. Anyone is welcome to come on, and you can even receive a little bit of one-on-one -on -one coaching time with me, depending on how many people are in the call. Now, every now and then that schedule changes, so you can go to the website happynsingle.com to be able to look at the schedule and also to be able to find the link to the Zoom room. Now, at the same time, if you would prefer a more one-on-one -on -one type of coaching experience where you can sit down and share your hopes and dreams and, and just kind of the stuff going on in your world, then there's another option available for you as well. Now, the bulk of my business is actually doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. If that's something you're interested in exploring, I've got a few spots open in my coaching practice. You can just message me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy, and we can sit down and have a chat. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I've worked with people across the world. I do everything over Zoom, so it actually makes it pretty easy. Thank you guys so much again for listening. And go out and live your adventure. Thank you.